0: Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry. You know, we're coming up to a special time um, in the Carmelite order as we ponder celebrating St. Therese of Sioux, the little flower's birthday. She was born on January 2nd in 1873. So this coming January 2nd on 2023, It will be 150 years since her birth. So a lot of people are focusing on St. Therese and wanting to do a special tribute to her. And I'd like to join the crowd. So I want to share with you a two-part series entitled, God, Be Yourself My Sanctity. And that actually comes from a prayer, the act of oblation to merciful love that St. Therese made. First, though, I would like to start with an opening prayer to the Holy Spirit. So please join me by getting recollected, taking your eyes off of the world, and going in interiorly to be with our Lord. And let us pray in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come by way of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Sacred Sorrowful the Heart of Mary. Be our light our life, and our love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, it's easy to see that our society needs love. A divine love, which is always offered, but curiously, sadly, seldom received, even outright rejected. St. Therese gave us a solution. It is in her famous prayer, The Act of oblation to Merciful Love. In studying this prayer, we see that it was offered to make up for the merciful love of God that was unknown, that was rejected even, love lost. This act was to compensate God for the refusal of his creatures to accept and reciprocate God's love. God doesn't need our love. But in the mystery of his divine mercy, he desires our love. He thirsts for our love, an abiding love, a communion of love, a union with him. So that leads me to ask the question, do you want to be a saint, a great saint? I do too, but I feel my poverty and weakness. Well, this is what St. Therese said. I look upon myself as a weak little bird with only a light down covering. I am not an eagle, but I have an eagle's eyes and heart. In spite of my extreme littleness, I still dare to gaze upon the divine sun, the sun of love. And my heart feels within it all the aspirations of an eagle. Yes. Those are the words of St. Therese, the little flower, and we can really relate to that. So what will become of us little birds? St. Therese asks, will it die of sorrow at seeing itself so weak? Oh, no, the little bird will not even be troubled. With bold surrender, it wished to remain gazing upon its divine son. Oh, Jesus, your little bird is happy to be weak and little. What would become of it if it were big? Never would it have the boldness to appear in your presence, to fall asleep in front of you. End of quote. Yes, we know even Saint Therese fell asleep praying. (laughs) Well, let me share with you some of the secrets of sanctity that I've learned from Saint Therese. We're more familiar with her little way of spiritual childhood, the secret of becoming hidden and small, boasting, as St. Paul says, of our weaknesses. In effect, it is to let Jesus reign in our hearts. Jesus, whom St. Therese says remains hidden beneath the appearances of a white host. That's in the Eucharist. It is Jesus in his divine humility in the blessed sacrament who impels her, who lifts her high into the heights of sanctity, on the wings of love. It is Jesus who she allows to reign in her, act in her, pray in her, to be all for her. You know how St. Therese has a tendency to choose all, right? God has a predilection, a particular fondness for poor, little, and weak souls. Poverty, littleness, and weakness are the foundational dispositions in a soul that attracts God's loving mercy. These are attributes of humility, and we know that it is humility that conquers the king. Another part of St. Teresa's secret is to have great confidence and trust, surrender and abandonment to the merciful love of God who thirsts for our love, who aches. When we reject his love, who is constantly reaching out to us. But we are not aware. We get distracted. We even look away. Therese says, she prays, O divine word. You are the adored eagle whom I love and who alone attracts me. Eternal eagle, you desire to nourish me with your divine substance. And yet I am but a poor little thing who will return to nothingness. If your divine glance did not give me life from one moment to the next. Further on, she said, I feel especially that my mission is about to begin my mission of making God loved as I love him, giving my little way to souls. We know her vocation was to be love in the heart of the church, a love which comprises all vocations, and embraces all times and all places, because it is eternal. Jean LaFrance, in his book, My Vocation is Love, wrote this about St. Therese. Quote, Her role was not to evangelize, nor teach, nor undergo martyrdom, but to interiorize love in the heart of the church, in order to sanctify it from within. Just as the heart propels the blood throughout the whole body, her mission is to offer herself to love so that it might take possession of her and transform her. Yes, in, interiorize love in the heart of the church in order to sanctify it from within. Wow. Well, let us recall St. John of the Cross's teaching that the smallest act of pure love is of greater value to the church than all other works united in together. So let us hasten with St. John of the Cross, with St. Therese in doing this pure act of love. St. Therese had these words for her sister Marie after sharing the secrets of her soul. This was in a letter from September of 1896. She says, I'm sure that God would not give you the desire to be possessed by him, by his merciful love, if he were not reserving this favor for you. Or rather, he has already given it to you since you have given yourself to him, since you desire to be consumed by him. And since God never desire gives desires that he cannot realize. And here I believe is Saint Therese's greatest, most potent secret. It comes from her act of oblation to merciful love. In this prayer, Saint Therese says, I desire, in a word, to be a saint, but I feel my helplessness, and I beg you, oh my God, to be yourself my sanctity. Let me repeat that. I desire, in a word, to be a saint, but I feel my helplessness, and I beg you, oh my God, to be yourself my sanctity. Yes, I think this is her most potent secret Asking God to be himself her sanctity. Have any of you prayed for that? And what does that look like? I have thought about this phrase in her prayer for in the act of oblation of merciful love for many, many years. And at first it seems so radical. How can this be? Well, let me explain what I've learned. St. Therese says, I beg you to cast your divine glance upon a great number of little souls. That would be us, right? I beg you to choose a legion of little victims worthy of your love. Yes, that's us. That's our invitation. That is our call. St. Therese wants to please God. She wants to console his heart. And she wants for love to be fully satisfied. So she says, yes, in order that love be fully satisfied, It is necessary that it lower itself and that it lower itself to nothingness and transform this nothingness into fire. So, how do we lower ourselves into nothingness? Lower ourselves into nothingness and transform this nothingness into fire. That's what she's asking of God. We are that nothingness. If only we admit it to ourselves. Most of us are too full of ourselves. Too much ego, too much pride, even spiritual pride, to admit our nothingness. Saint Mary of Jesus crucified, another great Carmelite mystic, was so good at realizing this nothingness that she called herself a little nothing. That was very striking. So Saint Therese endeavors to be the littlest, to be nothing, to attract God. To let herself be loved in order to be transformed into a living flame of love. Oh, Jesus, she says, I know it. Love is repaid by love alone. And she remembers that um, St. John of the Cross taught that. Love is repaid by love alone. Through his love given and received, she returns God's love. But you may be asking yourself, as Saint Therese asked, quote, How can a soul as imperfect as mine aspire to the possession of the plenitude of love? That's a good question. How can we receive and repay this love? How would you answer that? Here's how Saint Therese answered, Oh Jesus, your love reaches unto folly. In the presence of this folly, How can you not desire that my heart leap toward you? How can my confidence then have any limits? She recognizes that souls are imperfect and have many infidelities, but makes this point through her story of the little bird. I love this story. The little bird, it it cries like a swallow, and in its sweet song, it recounts in detail all its infidelities thinking in the boldness of its full trust, that it will acquire even even greater fullness the love of him who came to call not the just, but sinners. What a sweet joy it is to think that God is just, that is, that he takes into account our weakness, that he is perfectly aware of our fragile nature. So, do you have the boldness of full trust and confidence in God? St. Therese prays, O oh Jesus, why can't I tell all little souls how unspeakable is your condescension? I feel that if you found a soul weaker and luller than mine, which is impossible, you would be pleased to grant it still greater favors, provided it abandoned itself with total confidence to your infinite mercy. So we must abandon ourselves with total trust to the Lord. But I know some of you are asking, but what have I done for the Lord? I have, I have no great works. St. Therese says, "Ah, oh, if all weak and imperfect souls felt what the least of souls feels, that is, the soul of your little Therese, not one would despair of reaching the summit of the Mount of Love. Jesus does not demand great actions from us but simply surrender and gratitude. Offer to God the sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving. Well, that's doable, right? But can we love the Lord Jesus like St. Therese did? Oh, she loved him so deeply, so profoundly, so completely. Sister Marie of the Sacred Heart, who lived in the convent with her, asked her this very question. St. Teresa's response can be found in her letter, number 197. She says, If you had understood the story of my little bird, you would not have asked me this question. My desires of martyrdom are nothing. They are not what give me the unlimited confidence that I feel in my heart. They are to tell the truth. The spiritual riches that render one unjust when one rests in them with complacence and when one believes they are something great. These desires are a consolation that Jesus grants at times to weak souls like mine. And these souls are numerous. But when he does not give this consolation, it is a grace of privilege. Recall those words of father. The martyrs suffered with joy, and the king of martyrs suffered with sadness. Yes, Jesus said, Father, let this chalice pass away from me. Dear sister, how can you say, after this, that my desires are the sign of my love? Ah, I really feel that it is not this at all that pleases God in my little soul. What pleases him is that he sees me loving my littleness and my poverty, the blind hope that I have in his mercy. That is my only treasure. Why would this treasure not be yours? Oh, I beg you, understand that to love Jesus, to be his victim of love, the weaker one is, without desires or virtues, The more suited one is for the workings of this consuming and transforming love. The desire alone to be a victim suffices, but we must consent to remain always poor and without strength. And this is the difficulty. For the truly poor in spirit, where do we find him? We must look for him from afar, said the psalmist. He does not say that you must look for him among great souls, but from afar. That is to say, in loneliness, in nothingness. Ah, let us remain then very far from all that sparkles. Let us love our littleness. Let us love to feel nothing. Then we shall be poor in spirit, and Jesus will come to look for us. And now, however far we may be, he will transform us in flames of love. Oh, how I would like to be able to make you understand what I feel. It is confidence, and nothing but confidence, that must lead us to love. End of quote. So we must have confidence, and that is confidence in God and his mercy. And to seal the deal, so to speak, St. Therese tells us, Since we see the way, let us run together. Yes, I feel it. Jesus wills to give us the same graces. He wills to give us his heaven gratuitously. Now, of course, we know that she's not just saying this to Sister Marie. She's saying this to us. God has given this to us through her letters, through her story of the soul. Um, And so we are invited to share in this, to run with St. Therese saint therese says we we all know too well the problem we have. no, that's me I, I, I said this we all we all know too well the problem we have of self-sufficiency. Oh how often I've accused myself of that of unbelief, even of lack of confidence, trust, abandonment, and faith in God's goodness and love toward us. but Saint therese reminds us she says. We can never have too much confidence in the good God. He is so mighty and so merciful. We obtain from him as much as we hope for. Now, that is something that we can really take to prayer, isn't it? We obtain from him as much as we hope for. That's found in um, the second volume of her letters. So then I ask you, what do you hope for? In her act of oblation, St. Therese prays. My beloved spouse told us in the days of his mortal life, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I am certain, then, that you will grant my desires. I know, O my God, that the more you want to give, the more you make us desire. I feel in my heart immense desires. And it is with confidence I ask you to come take possession of my soul. St. Gabriel, the archangel, tells us, nothing shall be impossible with God. That's from Luke chapter 1, verse 37. And St. Therese believed that. Do we? Do we believe God can come take possession of our souls? How does that happen? How can we be predisposed so that God may take possession of our souls? St. Therese helps us by turning our attention to the Eucharist for our answer. She says, "Ah, I cannot receive Holy Communion as often as I desire. But Lord, are you not all powerful? Remain in me as in a tabernacle. And never separate yourself from your little victim. End of quote. So to remain in me as in a tabernacle. Ponder that. Recall that Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse four, remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you Unless you remain in me, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Because without me, you can do nothing. St. Therese takes the Lord at his word and believes his promises. God's delight is to be with the children of men. Especially the little ones. The littlest of the little ones. Receiving Jesus in the Eucharist and asking him to remain in us as in a tabernacle helps us to possess him. St. Therese is talking about a continual presence of the Eucharistic species, not the host's natural dissolving in 15 minutes when we receive him in communion. Yes, she's talking about a continual presence within her. Many saints receive this grace, this continual presence of Jesus in the Eucharist in their souls. It's possible. St. Therese prays that she wants, quote, to receive from your love the eternal possession of yourself. I want no other throne, no other crown, but you, my beloved. Let us recall in John, chapter 3, verse 27, that St. John the Baptist said, No one can receive anything unless it is given to him from heaven. Well, God wants to give us his infinite love. Why would we oppose that? Let's run with St. Therese, trusting God to make it happen. We need only have confident faith and trust. Let us open our hearts to receive him. As Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity, another great Carmelite saint, would encourage us, let yourself be loved so as to return love for love. Saint Therese wants to possess God and to be possessed by God, for Him to remain in her as in a tabernacle, ongoing presence, and for her to receive. The eternal possession of God. Wow. In John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. It says, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them, even as you loved me. In John chapter 17, verse 26, I have made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I and them. Ponder that. That's really, really deep. And in 1 John chapter 8, verses 8, God is love. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God, and God in him. This is not for after we die and hope to join him in heaven. This is a call for living and remaining in God now. St. Therese quotes St. John of the Cross in his poem called A Gloss with Spiritual Meaning. From um, part of the stanza three, he says, After I have known it, love works so in me that whether things go well or badly, love turns them to one sweetness, transforming the soul in itself. So love working in him. That's what St. John the Cross is talking about. And St. Therese, she's assuring us. She says, I understand and I know from experience that the kingdom of God is within you. Never have I heard him speak. She's referring to Jesus, though she hasn't heard him speak. No locutions. But I feel that he is within me at each moment. He is guiding and inspiring me with what I must say and do. So you don't have to have supernatural visions or locutions to um, feel his presence. To know that he is guiding and inspiring you. Then St. Therese boldly and radically begs God to be himself her sanctity. Oh, She's she's amazing in that she's bringing this to us, sharing this prayer with us, that we too may pray it. That we may be empty of ourselves, of our egos, our preferences, our selfishness, our fears. Our self-will, our wanting to control, that we may go to a place of humble poverty, humility, knowing the truth of who we are not and the truth of who God is. St. Therese takes the Lord at his word that as his spouse, what is his belongs to her and vice versa. She has no problem borrowing from him. She says, Jesus, Jesus, if I wanted to write all my desires, I would have to borrow your book of life. For in it are reported all the actions of all the saints, and I would accomplish all of them for you. It's that same refrain of St. Therese. I choose all. She wants to um, offer all the actions of all the saints throughout time as if they were her own. Yes, I love it. In her act of oblation to merciful love. She even borrowed the merits of the blessed mother and all of the saints. And furthermore, she says to the Lord, you have said to me as the father of the prodigal son said to his older son, everything that is mine is yours. Your words, O Jesus, are mine then, and I can make of them to draw upon the souls united to me the favors of the heavenly father for me to love you. And you love me. I would have to borrow your own love. And then only would I be at rest. So borrowing the Lord's love. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe that's something that you can start practicing. Putting into effect in your own spiritual life. Well, do you think? She's just full of folly. That this is just fancy words. St. Therese must have thought about that too. Because She writes to Jesus in her story of the soul. Oh, my Jesus, what is your answer to all my follies? Is there a soul more little, more powerless than mine? Nevertheless, even because of my weakness, it has pleased you, O Lord, to grant my little childish desires. And you desire today to grant other desires that are greater than the universe. I am only a child powerless and weak, and yet it is my weakness that gives me the boldness of offering myself as a victim of your love, O Jesus. In times past, victims, pure and spotless, were the only ones accepted by the strong and powerful God. To satisfy divine justice, perfect victims were necessary, but the law of love has succeeded to the law of fear, and love has chosen me as a holocaust a weak, an imperfect creature, is not this choice worthy of love? Yes. In order that love be fully satisfied, it is necessary that it lower itself, and that it lower itself to nothingness, and transform this nothingness into fire. Which, you know, we might begin to wonder, like, St. Marie of the Sacred Heart, whom whom St. Therese asked to make the act of oblation with her. If it's possible for us to love God as St. Therese loved him. In letter number 197, St. Therese answers and asks, How can you ask me if it's possible for you to love God as I love him? Now let us think about this answer as directed to us. Uh, I really feel that what pleased God in my little soul is that he sees me loving my littleness and my poverty. The blind hope that I have in his mercy, that is my only treasure. Why should this treasure not be yours? Understand that to love Jesus, to be his victim of love, the weaker one is without desires or virtues the more suited one is for the workings of this consuming and transforming love. Let us love our littleness. Let us love to feel nothing. Then we shall be poor in spirit, and Jesus will come to live for us. And however far we may be, he will transform us into flames of love. Okay, but you may say, like, Sister Marie, well, you're not I'm not quite ready. Um I'm, I'm not worthy. I gotta prepare, right? We gotta prepare. How are we gonna prepare? Oh Saint Therese counsels us. Do you know the only preparation which the good God asks of us? Well, it is that we recognize humbly our unworthiness. Yes, let me repeat that. It is that we recognize humbly our unworthiness. And since he has given you this grace, abandon yourself to him without fear. I was afraid you did not understand the importance of the act which I'm having you make. What you tell me confirms the opposite. How happy I am. Do not be afraid. Jesus will receive you tomorrow with joy and love. It is enough for you to recognize your unworthiness for him to do great things in you. It is enough for you to recognize your unworthiness for him to do great things in you. She goes on to say, it is confidence and nothing but confidence, that must lead us to love. Since we see the way, let us run together. Yes, I feel it. Jesus wills to give us the same graces. He wills to give us his heaven gratuitously. So I've reflected on this, and then I it led me to question: Well, what does this look like when God Himself is our sanctity? Well, we're going to leave that for part two in this series, and so um, I'll let you ponder. These really rich words and instructions and counsels from Saint Therese. And um, I'd like to close with a prayer that I think kind of sums up this desire for God to be our sanctity. United with Saint Therese, we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, In you alone is my identity found. In your mercy, my trust. In your compassion, my hope. In your will, my peace. In your grace, my dignity. In your salvation, my security. In your love, my happiness. In your loving and generous heart, my rest and fulfillment. Teach me to die to self, that I may live more fully a life centered in the Eucharistic and sacred heart of your Son, in Him, and with Him, and for Him. O oh God, be yourself my sanctity, now, forever, and always. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you have found that helpful, inspirational. Maybe giving you some new challenges for your spiritual life. And then come back and listen to part two, which will talk about how we see God being our sanctity. Meanwhile, keep praying, keep hoping, keep trusting in the Lord. God bless you.